Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Amazon has been hit with an antitrust lawsuit from the Federal Trade Commission. The FTC alleging that the tech giant monopolized online marketplace services by degrading quality for shoppers and overcharging sellers. FTC Chair Lena Khan is vowing to take action, but stopped short of calling for a breakup of Amazon. Khan spoke earlier with Bloomberg. We believe that this lawsuit, if we're successful, will actually entirely restore the promise of free competition. Uh, our free enterprise system is one where companies should be competing on the merits and not be able to protect their monopoly power through illegal tactics. FTC Chair Lena Khan. In the meantime, Amazon is arguing that consumers will be the ones that pay the price. They'll see prices go up and product selection come down if the FTC gets its way. We go next to artificial intelligence. Open a AI, you know it is the creator of ChatGPD. Well, uh, reportedly, the company is talking to investors about a potential share sale. The Wall Street Journal is saying the sale would give the startup a valuation of between 80 to $90 billion. And that would make OpenAI one of the most highly valued startups in the world. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow. In April, the valuation was around $29 billion. So this is a significant jump. But part of what the, the Wall Street Journal is talking about is something Bloomberg's already reported, that OpenAI is on track to around a billion dollars of revenue this year, a lot greater than that in 2024. So while it's a jump up in valuation, and this is based on an insider share sale, by the way, not re, uh, issuing new shares or a new round of equity with VCs. You know, they, they seem to be doing real business. That is Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow. Now, separately, we learned today that the Central Intelligence Agency is looking to roll out its own version of ChatGPT. It would be a tool able to sift through public data. It's part of a broader government push to harness the power of artificial intelligence and compete with China. Brian. Well, Fed Governor Michelle Bowman says that increased rent burdens are spotlighting the significance of the Fed's fight on inflation. Bowman spoke Tuesday at a virtual event hosted by the Fed. These increased costs and these cost pressures underscore the importance of the Federal Reserve's efforts to fight inflation, which can complement efforts to address other factors affecting rent prices, including increasing the supply of rental housing. Fed Governor Michelle Bowman, she went on to say that rent increases have outstripped wage gains, and that increases the share of renters who spend 30 percent or more of their income on rent. In remarks last week, Bowman signaled that she favors raising interest rates again and likely more than just once. We go to Europe next, where the European Union's investigation into electric vehicle imports from China has expanded beyond Chinese automakers. U.S.-based Tesla now finding itself in the probe's crosshairs. Here is Bloomberg Global Autos editor Craig Trudell. 
This is a company that uh, opened a plant in Germany in uh, March of last year, but it continues to supplement the output from that plant with production from a lower cost facility in Shanghai. Uh, and Tesla has been taking advantage of, of that and and uh, shipping uh, quite a lot of, of EVs into the EU. That is Bloomberg's Craig Trudell. Now, the aim of this EU probe is to determine whether China has subsidized not only Tesla, but the domestic Chinese manufacturers like BYD and NIO and then whether or not to take any necessary measures. Brian? Well, Alibaba's logistics arm, Tsainiao, has filed for a Hong Kong IPO. Bloomberg's Joanne Wong has the story from Hong Kong. The Hong Kong Stock Exchange confirmed that Alibaba can proceed with the proposed Tainiao spin-off and IPO. That will potentially make Tainiao the first of Alibaba's units to go public. Sources say the IPO could raise at least $1 billion. The Stock Exchange website says Citic Securities, Citigroup and JP Morgan are joint sponsors of the offering. Alibaba intends to retain more than 50% of the unit shares and keep Tainiao as a subsidiary. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Radio. Doug, I love it. At bookends there, we have uh, a connection. Uh, The FTC action on Amazon actually brings to mind what happened at Alibaba uh, in China. Now, the FTC chair, Lena Khan, is not calling for a breakup, but that's exactly what is happening with Baba. We report there today. uh, You just heard that from Joanne Wong. This would be the first spinoff of one of the six units, uh, Tsainiao. Originally, we thought it would be Freshippo, but it is Tsainiao. And if you go back to the FTC, it hasn't had a great track record of late in in court in targeting big tech. It's different in China where the the party and the government can push through its dictates. But, of course, in the U.S., uh, you need to uh, pass muster in front of the court. Yeah, billion-dollar IPO for China. That would be uh, quite something. Brian, I just want to touch very quickly on the fact that I was struck by a report today from S&P Global Market Intelligence. We were talking about the soft read in consumer confidence earlier. Well, now, according to S&P, the U.S. banking industry's total deposits declined year over year for the first time in data going back to 1994. So we'll have to see whether this has a material impact on American economic growth, but it's something to be uh, aware of, to say the least. Yeah, and what's curious is it's another one of these cases where you have um, you have sort of sentiment maybe um, a little different from action uh, because consumers have not really peeled back their spending that much yet. The last retail sales report was pretty firm. And it's one of the reasons we keep squawking about how um, strong the U.S. economy remains. But obviously, sentiment tells you what could be happening in the future. So it'll be a very interesting one to watch. Now it's time for global news. President Biden is backing the UAW worker demands of a 40% pay hike. Let's get more on that. Ed Baxter is tracking this story and others from the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, that's right, Brian. Thanks. Uh, President Joe Biden out with UAW workers today at a rally and on the lines that UAW President Sean Fain says is very historic. You know, this is a historic moment. The first time in our country's history that a sitting USA president All right. has came out and stood on the picket line. And uh, it's characterized the strike as a battle akin to building bombers for the U.S. in World War II. Today, the enemy isn't some foreign country miles away. It's right here in our own, in our own area. It's corporate greed. And the president backing the workers' 40% wage demand increase. Wall Street didn't build the country. The middle class built the country. 
And Bloomberg's Jordan Fabian says an important time for the industry, for the economy, and for politics. It's important for the UAW, and it's also important for Joe Biden. Joe Biden, as you said, has campaigned on being the most pro-union president. Guess what? There's an election coming up next year, uh-huh. and those union workers are going to be crucial for his re-election chances in a key state like Michigan. And the UAW has yet to endorse Biden. So him showing up today, you heard Sean Fain speak very positively about the president, saying he's standing up for working people. And so this could be uh, a big thaw in the relations between the president and that union uh, ahead of his re-election push. Now, Jordan says president doesn't really have much leverage to solve it, but he can use a bully pulpit. New York judge has ruled that Donald Trump is liable for fraud for exaggerating his net worth by billions of dollars in financial records to banks and insurers. South Korea warning Kim Jong-un that it would end if it uses nukes, his regime. Uh, President Yoon Suk-yeol saying Korea and the U.S. would end the regime in an overwhelming response. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy saying today his caucus will make progress tonight on funding the government. Tonight we're back in session. We will vote on a rule to bring up four more appropriation bills. That'll be a total of five more than the Senate has been able to pass. Um, In that, if we get through these next four, that will be 72% of all the discretionary spending. And the Senate also working on bills. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer saying what McCarthy is doing as appropriations has nothing to do with avoiding a shutdown. So this week, the Senate will move forward first. We are very close to finishing our work and hope to release text very soon. Uh, We are told it has aid for Ukraine in the Senate version. That's been rejected by the far right of the Republican Party. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis in Hong Kong, along with Vonnie Quinn in New York. And we will be getting updates uh, on markets all throughout the hour, including a guest now, Michael Green, who is the chief strategist at Simplify Asset Management. Can't wait to uh, hear you simplify some of these complicated Mm -hmm. uh, uh, inputs into the markets, um, Michael. Uh, So we had this little correction that's underway. It's not quite to the level of of being an official correction outside of tech. Uh, Does this continue? And does it get a lot bigger, or are we almost at a point where the buyers come back in? Well, I think the key thing to remember is that the equities are a sideshow to this event. What we're really seeing is an increasingly worried response to the behavior of the bond market, uh, where 10-year yields, 30-year yields have sold off sharply in the past couple of weeks. 
Um, until that question is resolved, I think it's going to be challenging for equity markets to, to, to take the lead again and, and move higher. Michael, you're going to be hosting these fireside chats at your Entering the Fall, your ETF conference at the NYSE this coming week. I'm curious as to what your question, your main question is for somebody like Boaz Weinstein, who runs a hedge fund and who, you know, maybe among those that are not in the market anymore or like at least sort of cutting back. Well, so I, first, I think there's very few who actually fit that description. I think we, the evidence is, is that we continue to have high levels of investment. Most investment programs, uh, you know, when you consider 401k programs or pension plans, et cetera, they largely adopt a policy that is fully invested at all times uh, under a fixed portfolio construction. Uh, the good news is that actually that we actually had the event today. So I know exactly the key question that I asked, huh. Bose, which which was, um, and, and by the way, it is available on the Bloomberg Terminal and on the Simplify website. Um, but the real key question that I was focused on with both is the dynamics of what's happening with credit spreads and the high yield market and general um, pricing of risk and fixed income, which he obviously is extraordinarily facile and, and known for the work in. Um, and he comes to some of the same conclusions I do in my work, which is that you're being compensated very little for taking additional risk, either in high yield or in equities. Um, and that, you know, the uh, the very high level of interest rates that we're actually experiencing right now tells you that cash is a pretty attractive place to be. Um, some components of the long end are becoming really, really attractive. But I think we both see and are mystified by the behavior of credit spreads in an environment that looks challenging. But then just how do you then square that with being fully invested? Well, I, I think it's actually pretty straightforward. That's exactly why we're seeing those levels of uh, relatively tight credit spreads and relatively high levels of equities is, is that people are, by and large, fully invested. Huh. So there's there's very little discretion in, available to, to most people today. Michael, outside of the Magnificent Seven, or even if we stretch it to, say, the top 12 to 15 tech stocks, so where are you seeing, you know, wild enthusiasm or overvalue in the equity market? Well, I think you actually just described it extraordinarily well, right? Which is, is that what we're actually seeing is an index-led market. So when you buy the S&P 500 or you buy the NASDAQ 100, the QQQ, you're effectively leveraging into the Magnificent Seven, those names that have worked extraordinarily well. Um, you're 100% correct in your your observation, by the way. I mean, the majority of stocks on a year-to-date basis are now actually down. If you look at something like the Russell 3000 on an equal-weighted basis, yep, it's actually down, right? Um, yeah, I mean, well, so, well, I mean, but you're you're in the business, I would think, of 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 advising clients on on where they can find value. Um, uh, to be overly cautious in this kind of environment, um, uh, I mean, I think anybody can understand it. But if there are opportunities with undervalued stocks, take a company like Cisco at 17 times earnings with a dividend of 3%. It's really hard to feel like it's about ready to fall off the cliff. The thing just churns out money. So I, I think you're 100% correct that when you look at these companies, that they particularly the large technology companies that they're generating an unbelievable amount of cash, but there's also very little growth behind something like that. So trading at 18 times with a 3% dividend yield, when you get 5.5% out of cash in a money market fund or um, a 30-year tip that's currently offering a real yield north of 2%, which would be a historically unusual level, it seems to me that you're not actually being particularly well compensated for taking that additional risk of is Cisco actually going to be the continued network, you know, the continued preferred network provider, particularly in a in a world in which 
it's becoming very, you know, very questionable um, what the additional tech spend actually looks like in that space. All right, Michael, right. we're almost out of time, but uh, best idea then for all of us out there? I got to tell you, one of the, the craziest things to have to say is, is that you can, get a, you can get a really attractive yield on cash right now. And I honestly think that you're reasonably well compensated to sit by the sidelines and wait. All right, Michael, thanks very much. I don't own Cisco. I never own Cisco. I just like to challenge the guests. And uh, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, good session. Michael Green, Chief Strategist, Simplify Asset Management. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. What could you do if your data was working for you? and not against you. With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.